0: Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by AsweatLife.com, on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Gina Anderson-Cohen. With me, I have Cindy Kuzma and Maggie Umberger. Good morning, Gina. Good morning, Maggie. Good morning, Gina. And good morning, Cindy. This week, you interviewed Taylor Rooks, right? I did. Taylor Rooks is a sports journalist. She was based here in the Midwest and she recently moved to New York and she's been able to accomplish quite an impressive list of things at a relatively young age and it was fascinating to hear how she did it.
1: She told you about how she did the the legwork to find out what her
0: strengths and her weaknesses are at a really young age so that she could have time to work with those. Can you talk a little bit about that process for her? Yeah, I mean, she's always known that she's been really good with people. And so she identified that from an early age as a strength. And so she tries to put herself in positions where she capitalizes on that. But she also thinks that it's really important to have self-awareness of your weaknesses. And so she thinks that a lot of people maybe are kind of afraid to admit to a weakness because it will mean failure or it might mean you have to do something to change it. But she sees it as one of her I don't know actually if she sees it this way, but I see one of her strengths as the ability to recognize her weaknesses and see them as opportunities versus obstacles. And that sort of points to something, too, her confidence. Um, She's overwhelmingly confident. Did you get that sense from her? I did. It sort of exudes from her. She says that her parents told her from a young age that she could do anything, and she believed them. And I think I've heard that from from someone else before, too. (laughs) I think Gina has said that before, too. Once or twice. And she continues to sort of remind herself. And this was something that really resonated with me, too. You know, as you kind of go through your life and your career, it's easy to second guess yourself or doubt yourself or get a little bit of imposter syndrome. But she tries to constantly remind herself that she is where she is for a reason, that she wouldn't be doing her job if she weren't good at it, that luck can maybe bring you an opportunity, but it's a reflection of your good work and your hard work that you're continuing to have success. Big snaps to that. And her future goal is really big. Can you talk about that? Yeah, she wants to have her very own talk show a la Oprah. And I don't know, I think she just might be able to do it. All right, here's Cindy with Taylor.
1: Here I said I'll be on
0: the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. This is Cindy Kuzma, and I am here with Taylor Rooks, sports journalist, anchor, reporter. Taylor, thank you so much for joining us on the We Got Goals podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: So, Taylor, you have been pretty incredibly accomplished from a young age. I mean, I know as an undergrad at the University of Illinois, you were breaking big stories about recruiting for Scout.com. By 19, you were on the sidelines for the CBS Sports Network. And now you're 25 and covering sports in the number one market in the country there at Sportsnet New York. I mean, would you say you were kind of a fairly goal-oriented and driven person from a young age? Yeah.
1: I mean, I I definitely have always set my mind to something and then said that I was going to do it. I think it's very important to have your eye set on something and, and lock into that thing. I don't think that It's possible to really accomplish something if you aren't fully dedicated to it. So I think it's just kind of having even sort of a kind of a vision board in your head of the things that you want to do and how you want to accomplish them and then trying to stick to that path and not stray from it. And I think that I've always had in my head what I wanted my future to look like and the steps that I felt were necessary for that future to kind of manifest itself.
0: That's really impressive because I feel like there are so many of us who spend some of those years that you, you've been focused in accomplishing all these goals. Um, trying to figure all that out. So that's,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there's definitely a time where you're still figuring out, you know, okay, how am I going to do this? Do I want to do this? Can I do this? And I think that's kind of the the blessing of like being young is like figuring out the things that you're really good at, but then also figuring out the things that you're really bad at. And I think sometimes people are scared to find out the things that they aren't very good at, because that maybe means you have to tweak something in that journey or tweak one of those goals. But I think that the end product is that much better if you know your strengths and you also know your weaknesses, because I think that that's just as important.
0: That's really interesting. What have you found to be your biggest strengths and and maybe a weakness that you identify that, that you've worked on?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say my biggest strength Is people. I mean, I think that I'm just genuinely a people person. I love talking to people. I love getting to know people and understanding why people work the way they work. I enjoy having conversations. And I don't think that people have enough conversations these days. Everything is quick and high and bye, and and people only ask about how you're doing so you can ask them how they're doing, you know? But I I think that that is something that's always been my strength. It's just really, I think that I'm just a, a warm person in general. And I've tried to harness that, whether it's me interviewing, me hosting, I always want that to come across, whether it's in my podcast, whether it's me on TV. That's something that I always want to translate to people. And I think that, you know, one of the many weaknesses that I've realized that I have is it's very hard for me to be content with where I am. I'm always thinking, okay, like what's next? What's next? And it's hard for me to. Appreciate that moment like in time and, and learning from that moment and being in that moment because I'm always just looking forward to the next thing. And that's something that I've really, really had to work on is you know just embracing the, the time that you're in and the space that you're in and, and becoming better in that space that you're in. Sometimes you can kind of think that the place that you're in is a waste because you're just thinking about the next thing, but every kind of moment, every experience is something that's really, really vital to the next thing. And I also think that a weakness that I had that I really worked on is making sure that I spend all my time or at least all my downtime at becoming better at the things that I need to get to get better at. Like, for example, I love TV. I still love TV. I'm always going to watch TV. But I think that at times I would I would be wasting time watching things that weren't going to better me. Like, you know, if a show was on, that I just enjoyed watching, but also like a sports center was on and I could watch the way that Carrie Champion hosts, or I could watch the way that Scott Van Pelt hosts. To me, that's the priority. So I would want to watch that and then watch the thing that maybe just gave me some joy at a time that there wasn't something more beneficial on for me, if that makes sense. And always just trying to soak in knowledge. Like I try to turn off the TV at least by midnight and read a book until I go to sleep. Just to kind of soak in knowledge that way. Every morning when I wake up, I watch a TED talk just because it kind of puts me in a good space for the day. Just because time is so fleeting, and you just kind of have to spend it whatever way you can, just trying to be better and trying to learn more because there's just so much to learn. So I, I definitely had to get better at time management for sure.
0: I love both of those. I think that those things that you mentioned as weaknesses are sort of like parts of the human condition that we all struggle with. I know being mindful and appreciating the moment are things that are hard for a lot of people. So. What are some practical ways that you cultivated that or worked on that?
1: I really think it was a symbol as just like slowing down. I think I'm, I move so quickly, my mind moves so quickly that I don't just like stay in the moment of what's, of what's happening. It's just like really taking time sometimes to just reflect, looking around you and just saying, okay, it's really amazing that this is what I'm doing right now. And I need to appreciate this. I need to soak in the things that I can. It's seriously as simple as just stopping and taking it in. But then also realizing, I remember I once saw a quote that it was just, it basically said that you have to let the space between where you are and where you want to be inspire you. And so I let like this kind of middle part more so drive me to the next part more than I let it discourage me that I'm not at the next part. So I guess to just kind of changing your perspective on your day to day. And I think that that that's certainly helped me.
0: Such a simple mindset shift, but I can see how that would be really powerful.
1: Yeah, definitely. So
0: we touched on some of the pretty amazing things you've already accomplished, but I mentioned to you before that the there are two big questions that we ask people on the We Got Goals podcast. And the first one is, what is a big goal that you've achieved? Why was it important to you? And how did you get there? So out of all those things that you've accomplished, what would you highlight?
1: I would say the big goal, mostly just because it was a goal of mine since like freshman year of college, was I wanted my first job to be at a network. Like it was so important to me that I worked hard in college to make my first job something that I love, something that I, I would feel fulfilled doing, and mostly because I didn't want to limit myself. I think that we do this thing where people kind of say, okay, this is the track you're supposed to go on. You do this, you start local, and then you eventually work your way up. But I think that by telling people that you're almost conditioning them to think that that's the only way, And it was just important to me to not put myself in that box just because, you know, starting local or starting in a certain market is the norm. I never wanted to feel like that was necessary. I wanted to be able to be working in college to to be able to show something when I graduated and say, I spent these four years basically like I was working at a local station. I was breaking stories. I was covering stories. I was doing actual journalism my four years in school. And I did that so that I had something to show for it once I graduated. It wasn't even just about being in a network. It was about not allowing myself to be put into that box or not making myself feel like I had to take a certain path because I wanted this to be about me. I didn't want to have to follow what anyone else did or, or feel like I had to do something that I just truly didn't want to do. It's like I always tell people, like, everyone has to one man ban. I totally get that. But I just genuinely. Did not want to do that <laughs> I was like you know what I am not going to be able to like carry this camera do my live shot edit my stuff like I want to be good enough that I don't have to do that and I mean even if some of it is just like okay not wanting to you know have to do that work I, I totally get it but it was just something that I I knew I wanted to be able to skip to get to a different destination and so I just tried to work really hard to be able to to go to that next level. You know, I did a lot of that one man banding while I was in school, I wanted to learn those lessons, I wanted to make those mistakes. But yeah, I just think my goal was to make my first job something that that I mean, I would have been content if it was my last job. I mean, Big Ten Network, I'd be content if if I was there right now. But it was very,
0: very important to me. How do you think you got the confidence to know that that could be a possibility for you?
1: I think the genuine answer is that I, I don't know. I have just always felt like I'm a person who really thinks that if you want to do something, it can happen. And probably, I probably think that too much, you know? <laughs> like, I I think that I know what every single human can accomplish. Like, I know that we all have this just, like, limitless potential. Like, every single person can be what they wanna be. I truly believe that. I try to tell like all my friends, everyone I know, like whatever it is you wanna be, you can be that. And I think I've just always believed that. And because I've always felt that, there's just never really been like a doubt that I could do it or that anybody could do it. It's just, I think that the thing that scares people sometimes is just like starting or just like putting your all into the thing that you wanna do because putting your all into it that means that, you know, if it doesn't happen, you may be upset. And, you know, if you put your all into it, you may be disappointed or frustrated, but you're going to be much more disappointed or frustrated if you never take that step. And I just always, I think, kind of think that just the limits to what we can all accomplish, there are no limits. And I just, I want everyone to just like tap into that potential and then fight for whatever it is they want to do and try to accomplish that goal. And. I just, I don't know. I just think I've always felt that. I've always been really confident in that belief.
0: Okay, so I'm inspired just hearing you talk about it (laughs) just now. That's awesome. I did wonder too, you've always had sports around you. I know your mom is a huge sports fan and you also have some pro athletes in your family. Your dad, Thomas Rooks, was a fantastic football player for the University of Illinois, and your uncle, Lou Brock, was a Major League Baseball player, and in fact, a Hall of Famer for the St. Louis Cardinals. So do you think being around people who worked really hard and achieved pretty incredible things played a role in that belief that you have?
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's not even just because, you know, they played baseball or played football. It's because of the things that they would tell me. Growing up, literally every day, my dad would say, you can be whatever ever you want to be if you put your mind to it. So I've always felt that way. I hear stories from my Uncle Lou just about hard work, just about the trials and, you know, tribulations that he had to go through. And and that's just something that sticks with you because you're surrounded by people that not only tell you, but they also did it. Words hold a little more weight when there's also, you know, action behind it or just like an actual experience behind it. So I just never thought anything was off limits. Everybody in my family, I think, works extremely hard and they try to instill that that hardworking mentality into in me and my sister. So, like, my sister is like, she wants to be the president, you know, but she says it and she really means it and that's really what she wants to be one day. I don't think that I will hear anybody tell me a goal and I'm like, whoa, that's empty goal. I'm like, no, well you have to say that. You have to believe that for it to be a thing. You know, you're not going to be the president if you don't say, hey, I want to be the president. It's like when people will ask athletes, hey, do you think that if you play LeBron one-on-one, would you win? It, like, why would they say no? You know, you're supposed to believe in yourself and have like a very strong conviction in your beliefs and your abilities. Like you are supposed to think that that's what you can do eventually. That's what you can do one day. And if you don't have a full conviction in that, then the likelihood of you being able to do it is going to be a lot less. I think you have to be like your biggest advocate, your biggest supporter,
0: and just really
1: think that you can get there.
0: So how do you kind of maintain that when you do face obstacles or when you face people who are not your biggest advocates? How do you take those steps to maintain that confidence?
1: I think that that is actually something I struggled with as well, especially in college. Maybe my first year out of school is you want people to think you're doing a good job. I think that's just a natural, like, human desire. You want people to think you're doing a good job. You want people to tell you you're doing a good job. You want everyone to, you know, enjoy watching you or enjoy listening to you or whatever it may be. And I think for a while I started to find like my fulfillment or my happiness in feeling like other people enjoyed listening to me or watching me but I think the flip side to that is if somebody doesn't enjoy it or like it it kind of brings you down a lot more because if you're living for like the praise you're also going to live for the criticism as well so I just kind of had to unplug from that and say you know it doesn't like this doesn't matter, you have to be content with your product, you know your producers, your friends, your family people that that matter and that are gonna be honest with you. that's who you have to really, really do this for, and not let somebody who doesn't believe in you or or doesn't like you bring you down because you know they don't understand, they don't truly know you, so that is definitely something that that I struggled with, but now it's just. I really don't pay it any mind. I think that comes with time, especially, like you said, being a woman in this field. There's always, literally always going to be somebody that has something to say. And if you pay attention to all that, if you give it any mind, it will wear you down. It will break you down. You just like you have to be happy with what you're doing, and you just have to feel fulfilled kind of on your own, if that makes sense.
0: It does. And I always wonder how people in a position like yours handle social media. Um, I I know you must get positive reinforcement, of course, but also just the world is just crazy out there with some of that stuff. And how how like on a practical level do you deal with that?
1: Uh, just like don't read the comments. <laughs> it's like don't read comments. Don't become like too and invested in it. That's the thing. Social media is both the best invention and the worst invention. It brings out the best in people and it really brings out the worst in people as well. And you can't let it become too much of your world. And I think right now a lot of us do that, including me. Like like I said, there's a time it, it really either made me or, or broke me that day. Um, but it's just letting social media be social media. It's not real life. The people on there aren't real life. The things you see on there aren't real life. It's just, you have to let it be what it is. As hard as that is, you, you just have to be that way. And half of the people that maybe say mean things to you would never say that to you or act that way if they saw you in real life. It's just kind of the allure of the keyboard and the screen and who you can be when you're behind them both. So you just, you just have to kind of remind yourself of that. And I think also you have to believe that you're here because you're supposed to be. And that's something that a lot of people struggle with. Like no matter what your job is, you know, whether you're a teacher or a doctor or a salesperson, or a adornist, whatever it is, you're in that room because you belong in that room. And so it's not second-guessing yourself. You're there for a reason and you can't allow the words of other people to second-guess like your strengths and, and why you're there and where you've been and how good you've done. Like that's, you don't really luck your way into successes or, you know, you don't like luck your way into positions. It may help, you know, how they say it may get you there, but it's not going to keep you there. And it's just kind of reminding yourself like you belong there and no one can can take that away.
0: Right. I know so many of us do struggle with that imposter syndrome and that way of reinforcing your own belief in yourself seems like it would be really helpful. So Taylor, I know too, because you and I have talked before and just from what I've read about you, that you have some deeper motivations in your work, whether it's having these really authentic conversations on your podcast or just being the voice of a black woman who has different experiences than some of your colleagues and making sure that you are that voice in the room when you're talking about cultural or political issues in sports. So does connecting with some of those deeper motivations also help you get through some of those tough challenges?
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, because, you know, I, I feel like I have a responsibility I think that it's so important to have black voices and to have female voices and to have black female voices. I think it's a very, very critical and and vital part of the discussion. And I don't want anybody who, you know, follows me or watches me that looks like me to feel like she's letting this get her down or, you know, is she gonna kind of change what she thinks because of what this person said? You just want that person to really feel like they're getting an authentic you and you want to be that authentic you as well. That's one thing. It's like, I don't want to really change anything about myself. I know people that have like come into this business and felt like they had to conform to certain things because they thought it's what people liked or what their boss wanted to hear, what they felt they should think. And we're in this time. I also think where people are just adopting ideas that they're seeing from other people and you don't even really know if it's your idea. You just know that you saw it once and felt like you felt the same way. And I don't want that to be me. I want to really have a strong belief about something and a strong conviction on something because it's how I genuinely feel. So I really try to just talk about the topics that really mean something to me that really matter to me. And that's what I try to do with the podcast. It's what I try to do on social media as well. Just I think that anyone who follows me has a fairly good idea of just like where I stand on certain issues and which also leads to them kind of knowing where I'm going to stand on another issue that may arise. And I don't think that's changed. and, And I hope that it doesn't, but I think we're in a time where we really need to have conversations, conversations that may make some people uncomfortable, but they're very necessary conversations. And I think that journalism is missing some of that. Sometimes it's just two people arguing about a very insignificant topic and then saying that it's news. But I miss, like, I love the days of Oprah, where you have a guest and you sit in this, this long form conversation where you really walk away feeling like you have a better understanding of that individual. And I, I love that. Like, I'll just watch old episodes of Oprah just because she was just so good. It's, it's just amazing. Even, you know, people like Barbara Walters. I always think of just like Barbara Walters, Whitney Houston interview. And just like the way she spoke to her and the way that Whitney opened up, it was just you, you leave that thinking like whatever you think of Whitney, you felt like you understood it more. And I just, I think that that's, that's like a good product. That's good content. I just wish to one day be able to do something like that.
0: Yeah. Well, you mentioned one day and, and our other big question on We Got Goals is about your future goals. So I'd love to know what another big goal you have for the future is and, and what the steps you're going to take to get there.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think my main goal is just, I one day want to have my own talk show and I would love for it to be in, in that format. And you know, that's the thing that's so tricky about it is you're like, okay, well, how do I get there? Like, what are the steps? <laughs> what are the steps to get there? It's every move you make, every job you take. I'm I'm always thinking, okay, is this going to get me closer to having like an interview based show? Will this get me closer to doing that? And that was one of the reasons I decided to leave the Big to Network and come to SNY because no, don't get me wrong. I loved my experience with the Big To Network. Everybody I worked with was fantastic. I mean it was truly such a family there. I have nothing bad to say about anybody there. But I sometimes felt like I wasn't able to use my voice. I kind of came in on the show, I said my part, I left. Sometimes I do reports and I'd leave, but I wasn't able to really express myself and, and talk. And you know, so I said my next job needed to be a place where not only could I find my voice, but I could really use my voice. I could anchor, I could host, I could have my own product. And that's what I've been able to do in New York. And being able to have the podcast and being able to completely command the show and steer a conversation are the things that will help me, you know, if and really when that time comes that that I do have that that show. I remember when I decided to take the job, a really good friend of mine said, okay, this isn't about ego or money, which place will make you better in two years? And I knew it was, was Y. So when I, and I kind of try to think that about everything, like what is going to be the thing that makes you better? You may not want to do it and you probably don't want to do it, but is it going to make you better? I try to think that every day with just different things that come up. Like, for example, we cover a lot of baseball here and I'm not a baseball fan. I mean, like I like the Cardinals, but (laughs) I am a football and basketball person. But forcing myself to report on baseball, understand baseball has made me a better journalist because it has made me more versatile. So it's just, it's just, I guess, little things like that. And I think that you have to do those things that make you uncomfortable and put you in uncomfortable situations to reach that ultimate goal of, you know, having a, a talk show and being able to have those long conversations. So I don't know, I would say that whatever job I take next will be very pivotal and very important on that, on that track. It'll probably be the most important step in my career just to be able to get to that final goal. You know, your third job is kind of the one that kind of sets the tone for everything else so cross your fingers
0: (laughs) well that's for sure I love that idea that you have this big goal in mind and you can like evaluate your next move based on how much closer it gets you to that
1: yeah Mm -hmm. and totally betting on yourself I'm my friend Carrie she is one of the anchors at ESPN she says you know like sometimes you just have to say leave it up leave it up to you just bet on yourself and say you know what if I get to this place I have to let my work do the talking and hopefully it takes me there. Because sometimes people are just scared to do something else because of that uncertainty. But if you just believe in your strengths and really like just believe in your work, then I truly do think things will fall into place.
0: Well, I feel like once you do something for a while and you work hard enough, you kind of know, like, right, you you get that feeling of discomfort, but you know it's like a discomfort that you can tolerate and (laughs) and overcome. And then that gives you even more confidence to do it again the next time.
1: Yes, completely. And I think making mistakes, are it's so vital. I make mistakes all the time, every day. And that's one of the like, really, I guess, fun parts of being young is you can really make those mistakes. Like you make mistakes, you get better, you learn from them, you're not going to make them again. And I just I think that there really is so much growth in messing up sometimes like you can't be scared to mess up. Obviously, you don't want to, but you can't be scared to and I and like even you know people will ask like you know what's your favorite thing you do right now like do you like hosting better than anchoring and it's just I don't know and I'm fine with not knowing that right now because I think that this is the time to really figure that out and, and get better and improve and soak up everything and ask questions and and really just be a sponge and so I just really try to do that every day.
0: That's an amazing attitude, and I cannot wait to see <laughs> where you end up next. Oh, thank uh, you. Taylor, well, thank you so, so much for joining us. Um, before I let you go, I want to make sure people know where to find you. So your podcast is Time Out with Taylor Rooks. Uh, we'd love for people to subscribe to that, too. They can yes, hear
1: please do. <laughs> your
0: amazing in-depth interviewing skills. And uh, where can people follow you on social media?
1: So my Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat are all the same. It's just Taylor Rooks. So T A Y L O R R O O
0: K S. Super easy. Well, thank you again for joining me. It's been great talking with you. I uh, really appreciate your time.
1: No, thank you for having me. You were fantastic. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I be on the road. I'll be so need frown.
0: This podcast is produced by me, Cindy Kuzma, and it's another thing that's better with friends. So please share it with yours. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, while you're there, please leave us a rating or review. Thank you so much. Special thanks to Jay Mono for our theme music, to our guests this week, Taylor Rooks, and to Tech Nexus for the recording studio.